Welcome to day six of 59 Days of Healing. Today we're looking at maxim number six, which is under the second of seven points for healing dualistic mind, instill the intent to awaken. This maxim marks another important turning point in the text. Point one lays the foundation for our practice, and point two lays out formal practices both on and off the cushion for engaging ultimate bodhicitta, shunyata, the emptiness. As we've seen over the last few days, maxims two through five describe a stepwise meditative inquiry. This is the backbone of the text, the formal practice on the cushion. Starting with maxim six, we begin to look at formal practices that aren't necessarily on the cushion. They can be incorporated into our daily life. The maxim says, between meditation sessions, act like an illusionist. Hmm. What's an illusionist? If you know me, you know I love antiquated words. So illusionist is a not so modern way of saying something like a magician, but it's not only a magician. In ancient times, the illusionists were apparently quite gifted and could create almost like hallucinations that an entire audience can see, similar to how a magician might pull a rabbit out of a hat or saw their assistant in half or that kind of thing. Everybody in the audience is seeing that happen, and it really looks like rabbit coming out of the hat that wasn't there before. The illusionist sees what the audience sees, but she's also in on the trick. She knows why the audience sees what they're seeing. Basically, the illusionist has the full picture. What this maxim is saying is that between meditation sessions, take the meditative experiences that we're cultivating through maxims two, three, four, and five that we just went through and keep them with you. They are the background that the audience of samsara doesn't necessarily know, but the Dharma illusionist engaged in the magic of meditation that explores the nature of mind does know. Of course, that process of coming to know is one that occurs by degrees. It's not that we go from not understanding the nature of reality or even questioning it to having a full-on realization that doesn't fall back in the space of one session. So we can see so early in this text how brilliant the structure itself is. Implicitly, we already have one of the most vital instructions. Meditation is not something in isolation. It's something that we take into the rest of our life, which in Tibetan Buddhism is called post-meditation. You're either in formal practice or you're gathering the raw material in your life to reinforce the understanding that you gain in meditative inquiry or any other practice that invokes, instills, and integrates prajna, a precise knowledge realizing the true nature of things. That is what makes the difference. It's precise knowledge that is accurate about the true nature that can counteract the ignorance, the lack of knowledge about the true nature, 
and we cultivate that in our lives and on the cushion. Through that process, we come to understand that everything is empty, not in the sense of void or a vacuum, but in the sense of infinite potentiality, in complete interdependent connection with all things, so that you can't say that anything is completely separate or completely one. That doesn't mean we fall into the fault of thinking that nothing exists at all, which is called nihilism. We see things appearing the way they appear to the audience of samsara. And at the same time, we're aware of how all of those things appear and yet are empty. These experiences become more and more potent as we engage in the formal meditation during the sessions on the cushion. And what this maxim is saying is, don't just get up from the cushion and leave what you learned behind. Allow that paradox of things appearing and yet being empty, being empty and yet appearing like an illusion to be a part of how you understand experience. I appreciate this idea of the illusionist. Could you say a little bit more about the audience? You talked about the audience of samsara. Not sure I understand that. In this example, just like when we go to a magic show, we see David Copperfield or whoever it might be, we know there must be some trick, but that doesn't change the fact that our eyes seem to be seeing something that couldn't really be happening. Everyone in the world, including ourselves, when we are not experiencing things through the lens of prajna, precise knowledge that understands the reality of things, is like that magic show audience. So the audience of samsara is everyone who is not tapped into that knowledge and keeping it present. So you might tap into it during the meditation sessions when we're looking at the nature of mind in the previous maxims. But what this maxim is saying is it's not enough to do that on the cushion. That's not really going to instill that experience in your mind. It wants to fuse your mind with the awareness that the illusionist always has of the trick behind the appearance, or in the case of dharma, the emptiness, the reality beyond the apparent reality. The audience of samsara is you and me and anybody who is not operating with some measure, whatever we are able to cultivate at any given time, of that paradox of those two things happening in unity. Things appear, yet are empty. They're empty, yet they appear. It seems like that a way to, I don't know, have some warmth toward the audience that's seeing some something differently. So people who are, and ourselves, when we are looking through this distortion of samsara, or samsara is the distortion, um, that we're not saying, oh, look at those idiots who are not seeing 
true reality, we're saying, oh, yeah, of course, this is what they're seeing. This is what's presented to them if they're looking at it, if I'm, look, if I'm looking at it through this certain way. So, so that we can have some warmth for that, but at the same time say, oh, there's a different way of looking at it that I can understand both that and this other perspective. Is that right? That's exactly right. We are not, as you say, cultivating disdain for everyone, including ourselves. Clearly, that's not the point of what this practice means. We still see the same things that the audience sees. It's not that we don't see it, but we have the knowledge of how that appearance occurs. It's kind of like in The Wizard of Oz when they pull the curtain back and there's that wizard. (laughs) We know both what the audience is seeing, and that there's a little guy behind a curtain that's running it all in the context of the Wizard of Oz, except that here, it's not something small and insignificant and disappointing. It's quite the opposite. Everything that appears is arising as a continuous play of infinite potentiality. What this does is it actually instills even more wonder, even more joy, even more compassion for those who have not been able to cultivate their mind and heal that dualistic mindset to the point where they can see everything that reality is. The thing I love about that Wizard of Oz analogy is that once that curtain is pulled back, Dorothy and all the rest are empowered by that, being able to know that, oh, I don't need to be frightened by this thing that I'm seeing. I can understand why I was seeing that before, because that's what was presented to me. But now I see a way of experiencing it that I can actually do something about. Anytime we see the full picture, we are able to embody our full power. We're not guessing, we're not conjecturing, we're not wondering, we're not lost in uncertainty. And at the same time, we feel great compassion for individuals who have not accessed the ability to do so. We want to use that inner power that we tap through this practice very naturally to be of benefit not only to ourselves, but to all beings. To be clear, this isn't a compassion that looks down on people for being dullards. It's a compassion that's embraced by this realization of emptiness. They go together. In fact, they are inseparable. Emptiness and compassion, compassion and emptiness. We think of them as separate or even impossible to be united from this very dualistic habit. Realization is necessarily the understanding of emptiness embraced by compassion, compassion embraced by emptiness. It's always difficult, of course, to describe what things are like after realization. Anything that we say about it is necessarily a metaphor, an analogy. We can get an understanding of that from the perspective of broken-hearted compassion that grows out of our own humility in the face of the magnitude of the emptiness in comparison to the smallness of dualistic perception, which is the wavelength of samsara. Going forward, I can't think of a better way to do that than to bring the formal practice of emptiness as described in point two, 
together with the practices of kindness, compassion, self-care, rejoicing, and the like laid out in points three through seven. Ultimate and relative bodhicitta go hand in hand. We practice that now by having our meditation and post-meditation go hand in hand. This has been Yeshe and Tanya on day six of Prajna Spark special series, 59 Days of Healing. Tune in daily for more maxims from the Tibetan Lojong text, Seven Points for Healing Dualistic Mind. Check out the episode notes for more resources and email us at sparks at prajnafire.com with any questions. May all beings benefit. <laughs>